Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Edgy talk. Plain talk. Unrivaled talk. Mike Graham. The only radio show you can count on for a proper serving of good old-fashioned common sense. In search of the perfect debate. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On your mobile, on your wavelengths, talk radio and talk TV. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republican Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. Welcome to Bank Holiday Monday. It's a great day. Uh, it's a beautiful day. It's a little bit chillier than it should be. Uh, but the cold winds are sweeping, I tell you what, across the banks of the Thames, across the river there uh, to ITV, the world headquarters uh, of the wokest television channel you've ever seen in your entire life. It is under threat right now, ITV, not just because of this morning and the scandal surrounding Philip Schofield uh, and his boyfriend, but the scandal which is now encroaching and rapidly appears to be engulfing the head of ITV, the chief executive of ITV, one Carolyn McCall. We are being asked to believe uh, that when Philip Schofield conducted what at least goes on uh, for five years, possibly longer, a relationship with a younger man who worked for him, uh, that nobody knew about it, despite the fact that there are pictures of him sitting in between Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield. The fact that Martin Frizzell, the editor of the programme, didn't know about it, despite, despite the fact that the, the individual concerned worked on that very programme. Carolyn McCall, however, thought it was a great idea not to bother uh, actually defending people like Piers Morgan, who was later defended by Ofcom, uh, when she decided to get rid of him because he said something about Meghan Markle that turned out to be true, but that Meghan didn't like and that she didn't like. She got rid of Piers Morgan, she got rid of Jeremy Carl without giving any sort of reasoning behind it and without any kind of protection or protection for anything involved with what he was doing and what the show was doing. Uh, we had Caroline Flack, who took her own life without any kind of duty of care being given by ITV. But what we've had is a collection of protection for Ant McPartland, uh, who in 2018 was done uh, for drunk driving. Uh, he was suspended for a little while, uh, but he could have killed someone. He wasn't fired, though. Uh, he's also been... Uh, they were also very protective of David Walliams, a man who turned out to have been doing all sorts of things he shouldn't have been doing, but they kept him on. Philip Schofield, uh, who apparently has just issued a statement in which he's basically said uh, that the reason that he's gone is nothing to do with a toxic atmosphere at this morning. It's all to do with people with a grudge against him uh, who are speaking out now against him. Really? Is that what he thinks? I don't believe so. Martin Frizzell, the editor of the show, it's impossible to believe that he did not know about what was going on on the show itself between uh, Philip Schofield, between Holly Willoughby and between the individual concerned uh, who was his boyfriend. Emma Gormley, head of daytime. How did she not know? Uh, Kevin Ligo, head of television. How did he not know? Paul Moore, head of corporate communications and a henchman of Carolyn McCall who was brought in uh, to work under her 
from EasyJet, where she had come from. This morning, Arnold Clark, the advertiser, saying they were not renewing sponsorship. The share price of ITV has fallen by more than 50% since Carolyn McCall has uh, been in charge. I've got one question. How is she still in charge? How on earth could she still be running a television station that has gone woke and is potentially going broke? What are the shareholders going to say? And what are the board members going to say? The whole thing is an absolute can of worms. But that's not all we've got today. We've got loads more. I'll be on Jeremy Carl's show tonight, uh, which should be interesting. Uh, Jeremy Carl live, of course, 7 o'clock. We might be talking about this there. Because by then, all sorts of things might have happened. Here's what... Paul, uh, here's what Philip Schofield had to say for himself. Now I no longer work on this morning. I'm free to say this, he says. I hope you have noticed that it's the same handful of people with the grudge against me or the show who seem to have the loudest voice. This morning is the best show to work on. With the best people in all the years I worked there, there was no toxicity. Mm. Uh, and he says you can listen to those persistently loud voices if you like, but the thousands of guests over the years, thousands of staff and crew, hundreds of presenters and contributors all know it is a family of wonderful, talented, kind, hard-working people. Yeah, yeah, we've seen families like that before. Interesting, interesting take, shall we say. We'll be talking about that with a whole bunch of guests this morning. Uh, we have, of course, got um, Rafe Hadel Menku. Uh, we've got Mark Bukowski coming on as well. We're going to be watching this morning for you, so you don't have to. Uh, we'll tell you why on earth they're putting it out. Peter Hitchens is here as well. Susan Hall to talk about the police and crime. And Charlotte Nichols, MP, uh, who was involved in some stramash over the weekend uh, involving a phrase, F the Tories. This is the same woman from the Labour Party who says that toxicity on social media is a bad thing. It leads to violence. Uh, well, she was taking part in it herself. 0344 499 1000 is the number. Don't tell me Philip Schofield's not an important story because this is not about Philip Schofield anymore. It's about ITV, a toxic television company run by people who are making an absolute fortune and being run into the ground because they're going woke and they're not looking after the right people. This is Talk TV. Very good morning and welcome to the Independent Republican Mike Graham. There it is. We've had it with this morning. That means, according to the Sun, uh, that basically Arnold Clark and other advertisers are starting to pull uh, their wares from this morning because it is a toxic brand, whatever Philip Schofield seems to think. Uh, also, he can't stop, can he? This is a guy who's walked away. He's in enough trouble as it is, uh, and yet he has to keep mouthing off. Blah, 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 blah. Nothing to do with me, Gov. Absolutely nothing to do with me. Uh, it was only three days ago he admitted to lying to everybody. He lied to his wife. He lied to Holly Willoughby. He lied to ITV. He lied to his lawyers. He lied to the Daily Mail. And he lied to um, his agent. Apart from that, he's obviously a guy that should be believed at every turn. What's he going to say he lied about this week? Unbelievable. Let's talk to Rafe Haydel Mancu, historian, broadcaster, senior fellow at the New Culture Forum. Rafe, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Good to see you. Now, I'm not expecting you to be a, a sort of hands-on TV critic here. I'm not going to ask you about the ins and outs of Holly and Phil's relationship on the sofa. But what I am going to ask you about uh, is the state of ITV, which currently uh, has a share price running around about 50% lower than it was when Carolyn McCall took over. Famously, of course, she used to work at The Guardian. Uh, so we know where her p political kind of affiliations lie. She basically is being accused of making ITV too woke for its own good. Look at the people she got rid of. Jeremy Clarkson, Jeremy Kyle, um, Piers Morgan, all would be considered to be robust um, controversialists, perhaps, but certainly of the right to some extent. I know Piers would deny that, but, but you know, his, it's certainly anti-woke because that was the name of his book. Um, she gets rid of all of those people, but she keeps other people who are so toxic as to have now got them into a great deal of trouble. 
Yeah, exactly right. Look, I've been uh, in Europe for the past two weeks, and so thankfully I've been spared all of the uh, <laughs> Philip Schofield and uh, what he did in the broom cupboard at BBC and later on at the ITV. Um, so I'm not uh, au fait with all the details of the Schofield affair, but uh, you're absolutely right here. What we have is the ITV showing just again that all of these woke companies merely engage in performative actions. So they want to appear good. So whether yeah. it's Bud Light having uh, Mulvaney's um, face on a can, mm. or whether it be here see being seen to clean up the toxicity of ITV mm. by getting rid of the controversialists, as you said, Clarkson and, and uh, Kyle uh, and Morgan. Yeah. But at the same time, the real fox in the chicken's coop was still there all along, Philip Schofield. Mm. Uh, it, it just goes to show the blindness, the blinkered nature. If they think that you're on the right or that you're anti-woke, you are automatically evil. But yet they have a big plank in their own eye when it comes to the imperfections and the failings of those who are yes. otherwise on side. But it's also the absolute hypocrisy because, of course, ITV's legendary day daytime schedule from, you know, Lorraine and this morning and Good Morning Britain, it's all about um, wellness. It's all about improving yourself. Oh, yeah. you, have these, you have agony aunts on there. You know, Philip Schofield has sat on that sofa for, what, 20 years listening to people's terrible stories of personal tragedy, of sexual abuse, of all sorts of deeply, deeply disturbing emotional issues. And he sat there nodding his head whilst all the time he's had this secret in his own life, which he has been unwilling to, to talk about, but also he's lied about openly. And, and he's now admitted to lying about it. I mean, as I said before, yeah. it's quite it's quite a record, even for our business. And I, I don't count you're not quite as, in such a sordid business as we are. Uh, but here we are with a guy who's admitted lying to his wife, lying to his co-star, a co-presenter, um, lying to his lawyer, lying to the Daily Mail, lying to his agent, lying to ITV. I mean, who else hasn't he lied to? And he's now actually put out another statement um, which we're expected to believe. Yeah, but that's my point. How can this man sit on that sofa for so many years? The sheer hypocrisy of this, not to actually realise that his life stands in complete contrast to what he's, he's, he's giving as an appearance on, on, on the sofa, but also that sense of entitlement. And we do know that there is a toxic atmosphere uh, in, date, in daytime scheduling at, at ITV, in large part from everything we've been told because of, of, of Philip Schofield. And you would have thought that a, a fall like this, you know, pride comes before a fall, and after a fall like this, there will be some degree of humility. Mm. But no, so steeped is he in his own belief, in his own self-importance, uh, that he continues to issue statements like this. It's quite yes. incredible. One person who hasn't said anything, which is all surprising to me, because he normally is all over Twitter on any particular opinion you would like, is Adil Ray. OBE, as he's known, uh, he presents or co-presents sometimes Good Morning Britain. And I mean, he's always banging on about issues of culture war. He's always accusing people of running some kind of, you know, white supremacy style world that we all have to live in. He's got nothing to say about Philip Schofield or ITV, funnily enough. His only tweet in the last nine days is to congratulate Aston Villa for, for getting into Europe. Well, I mean, Adel Ray is the grand poobah of hypocrisy. <laughs> had, had, this, had this been an issue involving Piers Morgan, yeah. you know full well he would have... He had plenty to say about that. ...coming out. And, of course, we know how vocal he was when Piers Morgan walked out of GMB, yeah. right? And I'm sure he was equally vocal about Clarkson when, when the, oh, when the sure. BBC, fired, yes. BBC fired him. Again, it's the complete failure to actually... Or the unwillingness to confront uh, wrongs done by people on your own side. And you don't see this on the on the right, for example. No. You know, it's, it's it's this complete blinkered nature of people on the left, 
And again, it's all performative when it comes to the corporations. So they want to be seen to be doing good, whereas, of course, it's all icing on the cake, whereas the actual cake itself is utterly rotten. Yeah, it's rotten, and it's been going rotten for some time. Uh, stay where you are, Rafe. I want to talk to you about migrants. A front page story in The Times today. British police bid to stop migrants leaving Africa, uh, which sounds like a bit of a stretch for them, since they can't stop them landing here. But we shall see. Uh, Rafe hadel Manku is here with us, historian, broadcaster, senior fellow at the New Culture Forum. Uh, we will be talking about a great many things this morning, uh, including, of course, uh, the police and crime figures, 30,000 mugging going on, unsolved, all sorts of nastiness happening uh, in the Sadiq Khan area, uh, where he's got a new book out, uh, where there's ULES protests going on everywhere. Uh, there was one this weekend. We'll bring you all of that, plus an awful lot more, and the latest, of course, from ITV, as we watch it crumble before our very eyes. This is Talk TV. On the app, on your mobile, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. We're talking to Rafe Hadel Manku. Lots to talk about on the immigration front, the migration front, uh, because while you were away, Rafe, of course, we got these uh, figures on net migration, which were sort of sold to us uh, as a populace, that they might be somewhere between 750 and a million, uh, probably 750,000 and a million uh, in terms of net migration. It came in at about 606,000. But I made the point last week, as I think you did, uh, actually it's the gross figure which is more important, the 1.2 million figure of people coming in 2022 that is the big figure that we need to talk about. What do you make of this gov- government spin? Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. In fact, I gave this. I gave a speech uh, last month on the importance, actually, of not going along with this government's spin of net migration, which essentially what it does, it makes an absolutely horrendous situation appear only half as bad as it really is. Because we, we, we know 606,000 is the net migration figure, but the gross migration figure is actually 1.2 million. So we're yeah. talking literally double the situation. Uh, and of course, of that 1.2 million, 925,000 are non-EU nationals, 150 are EU nationals. And what I find remarkable is that Everyone on this who's involved in this debate, be it the media, be it even commentators on the right, uh, all buy into this net migration figure. Uh, and you know, for people at home, net migration basically is all those c- coming in minus all those who've left. And the fantasy that they're trying to portray with this, the government is, is that those people who have left the country are just the same as those who've come in to replace them. As, as far as the government's concerned, it's a like-for-like swap which is, of course, absolute nonsense, because who's leaving and who's coming in are, are of great consequence and significance you know, to the future of this nation. Right. A highly skilled emigrant isn't the same as a low-skilled immigrant. And most importantly, of course, a huge percentage of those people who are leaving the UK each year, and it's risen exponentially, actually. One of the reasons it isn't actually 700 to a million uh, net migration is because vastly more numbers of people have left the country this year than they were at the ONS was actually expecting. And a lot of these people are British-born or who are culturally British, mm. people who are actually fully integrated into society, which is completely different to those who are coming in who will take years to integrate if they do at all. Also, the other uh, sort of hidden figure, if you like, is the number of people coming here as dependents of those getting legal visas to either study uh, or to um, or to work. And we know very well that many of those coming to work are working in the care sector and the NHS, low-paid jobs, as you say, 
pretty unskilled jobs, jobs that we cannot fill apparently in this country because people don't want to work for one reason or another. But I'm also not buying the idea that all of these students are coming here to study. They're coming here because they want to live here. They're bringing dependent members of their own families and they're setting up house here. And I don't think anybody could prove me wrong on that. Yeah, and of course we know that there are lots of bogus colleges and institutions which, of course, you know, have been targeted. But there's still many of them that are existing, which enable people to come over here on these bogus student visas as well. But there should be no excuse for someone to bring their families over. Perhaps at the PhD level, if there's a guaranteed path of entry into into a career afterwards. But for most of these degree students who are coming over here, there should be no excuse for bringing families over. And I think uh, I think overall, though. Uh, I, I do actually like Labour's idea of having merely temporary visas when yeah. it comes to the broader scheme of things that you were talking about in terms of NHS employment, in terms of those areas, fruit picking and so forth, where yeah. we can't get locals to do it. But remember, this comes at the same time as we see this surge in benefits claimants who don't even need to look for jobs right. in order to claim benefits. Right. We've seen a surge of half a million people uh, over COVID period who've only had online um Interviews who've mm. never actually been face to face with their with their benefits officers. Right. We, we now have four million people who don't actually need to. Uh, that's, that's costing the the, the nation twenty two point five billion pounds mm. a year. Look, Japan has one of the lowest rates of migration. I mean, it has virtually zero uh, immigration into the country. Uh, it's been able to actually sustain itself without having people coming into full uh, healthcare uh, positions and mm. so forth. Now, they do have a demographic time bomb, but what's happening at just at the right time, really, is this huge new revolution in AI and robotics. We're going to be seeing now over the next 20 years, uh, AI and machinery taking over a lot of the roles of doctors, surgeons, yeah. nurses, and so forth, which may actually come just at the right time for Japan, which is basically entirely homogenous. Uh, so in the future, if we do do these temporary visas, uh, for, for as long as we can until mm. this new revolution comes in that may offer us some hope for the future at least. Yes indeed. I mean I've seen this morning uh, a couple of adverts that are placed in uh, newspapers in India uh, from the British Council which basically are advising people on how to stay in the UK after they've been here to study. Once you graduate you can live here for two years apparently uh, and they're actually giving people advice on how to make that happen and how to make that possible and we know now for example that an awful lot of the people coming illegally as well as legally are coming from India. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the, the, the crazy things, that, including channel crossings. I mean, to come from India all the way to France, right. just to come into makes a complete mockery of this, even more ridiculous than the Albanian situation, yes. I would say. But, of course, at the same time, you know, we're being held to ransom, of course, because uh, Britain is so keen to have a free trade deal with India. And uh, India, of course, being this great, huge, burgeoning economy, uh, is able to call the shots. And, uh, has been, and Modi's made it quite clear that, mm. you know, students are, not, are something that he's not willing to compromise on. Right. Interesting. And the front page of the Times today got a fascinating story saying the British police are going to try to stop migrants from leaving Africa. They're going to try and help governments in those countries to break up people smuggling groups because what we do know uh, is these people smuggling groups are so efficient now that they're basically going to find uh, their prey, if you like. They're going to find people, some of whom um, will be able to pay them money to come here, others of whom they will kind of enslave, if you like, to bring here from countries like Eritrea, from places like Somalia, Ethiopia, you know, all of those sort of countries, Sudan, uh, where people are ending up in, in boats coming to Dover. Yeah, but it's like a sieve. Once you try to plug one hole, another hole will open up. All of these uh, harebrained schemes 
are, you know, that they make good headlines and they sort of convince, unfortunately, a large proportion of the population who keep voting for the Tory party on these completely false manifestos to control immigration, like, like Rwanda and so forth. The government simply needs to make Britain less attractive than France. It's not, it's, it's not rocket science, you know. Uh, we have an open black market when it comes to it, when it comes to jobs on the black market, when it comes to restaurant workers and so forth. Landlords aren't really being forced to check the, 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 the details of people who are renting from them, whereas in France and in Europe, they are much stricter on those sorts of things. That's where if the government put its energy into clamping down on illegal employment in this country uh, and uh, really made an effort to cut benefits as well. Yeah. I mean, they're now taking out ads, we've been told, quite rightly, uh, for Albanians and others saying, don't come to the UK. That's exactly what Denmark did. Denmark now has its asylum-seeking levels down to levels not seen since the 1990s. Mm. Cutting benefits is another way to do this. Half the, the benefits that you get when you arrive here. Don't, uh, don't put asylum seekers up for bail, for example. We just had stories now of Albanians cutting off their, um, their, 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 their ankle tags. Yes. Well, I've seen and there are people doing that on on TikTok. I mean, that's how obvious it is that they're doing it, right? And we're told this morning that something like 12,000 Albanian migrants have breached their bail conditions. Yeah, exactly. And so, of course, you know, we've got this new illegal immigration bill coming through, which is supposed to be very strict by detaining anyone who arrives here illegally. But after 28 days, they can still apply for bail. Yeah. Why is that? This is a complete mockery of the whole situation. Mm. Albanians are the single largest foreign group in our prisons. It costs £100 to fly from Albania to Britain. People are, If people are paying thousands of pounds to cross over the channel, they're obviously not coming here with, with good intentions. I mean, also, I've been saying this for so many years now, and finally, you know, other media are picking it up, that many reasons why they come illegally is because they've already been deported once, because they've already been here, they've been found to have been involved in nefarious criminal activity, because the Albanians, as I continue to tell people, run all the cocaine markets here, they run all the cannabis markets as well, they've become the new kind of European mafia. You know, we've spoken to, to Gavin Mortimer about that over in France, you know, they run basically drugs and people across Europe. That's what they do. And I don't mean by that that every single Albanian is a criminal. Of course not. But many of the ones coming on the boats are. And as we can see now, you know, how naive do you have to be uh, to give people bail and then go, oh, they didn't turn up for their, uh, for their appointment. Really? Yeah, I mean, the Albanian mafia <laughs> makes the Italian mafia look like the Vienna Boys Choir. They do. You know? I mean, it's, it's an absolute scandal that this has been allowed to continue when you know when we had the ukrainian refugees coming over what all we saw were women and children coming over those those are genuine refugees yeah. when all you have are thousands of young men under 40 coming over a significant percentage of the albanian male population now has come over to the uk you know that they're not genuine refugees uh, albania is a safe country sweden has the right policy here anyone who comes to sweden from a from a safe country is automatically deported albania is clearly a safe country that's why people aren't flying over here they're coming here by 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 boat again claiming that they're i mean of there, there, there are those who say albania is is actually a safer country than britain now because all the albanian gangsters are living here <laughs> But there we are. This is Rafe. Great to see you. Thank you very much indeed. Rafe Hedel Menku, historian, broadcaster, senior fellow at the New Culture Forum. Coming up next, more on ITV. We're going to talk to the PR guru, Mark Bukowski, and we'll get from him whether this programme can uh, survive or whether this entire ITV network, the wokists, can survive. Go woke, go broke. That's our message to Carolyn McCall. <laughs> 
Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. Got an awful lot of uh, great messages coming through already. And of course, many of you uh, want to have your say. This is the place to do it. This is the one place where you get the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And we have not gone woke here. Uh, looking like uh, a great show, says Lynn in Essex. I noticed last night Gary Lineker was doing a show on ITV. Why? Never watched this morning. It's such a poor show. Uh, always thought there was something odd about Schofield, though. Uh, at last, says Tim, the police have made a sensible decision to stop attending clear mental health issues. Yeah, we're going to talk about this a bit later on. It will be tough for them knowing there is a person in need at the other end, but the government have continued to use the police to cover up failings in the health service for many years by both Conservative and Labour. Now, if it wasn't already clear to everybody, the prolonged cutbacks will truly be real as we watch the NHS completely fold under the pressure. Uh, exactly. And John in Sutton says, Mike, Schofield used a celebrity to manipulate a starstruck young person and then had a sexual relationship with him. It's classic predatory behaviour. Well, let's talk right now to Mark Bukowski, who is, of course, um, the man uh, to talk to about all matters to do with television, to do with public relations, to do with image because ITV's image right now, I have to tell you, is right down the gurgler. In the front page of The Sun this morning, uh, it reveals that uh, we've had enough with this morning. Uh, ITV has lost millions of pounds in advertising since Philip Schofield's affair rocked the broadcaster. And of course, since his con confession last week that he lied to everybody, including his own lawyer, including his wife, including his co-host Holly Willoughby, including ITV, including his own agent, who's now fired him. Uh, he says he lied to the Daily Mail as well. He's come out this morning... Uh, uh, all guns blazing, basically attacking the people attacking him, saying they've got a grudge against him. It's quite extraordinary what is going on. Mark Bukowski is here. Mark, a very good morning to you. Morning, Mike. This is turning into a better soap opera than anything they've ever put on TV. But isn't that the case? Um, well, in any media organisation, possibly in any other industry, the story that goes on uh, in the underbelly of a business is always more interesting than actually what what is put out on the screen in this occasion. Mm. And uh, referring to that statement that he's put out on uh, his Instagram feed, what a disaster. I bet you ITV are holding their heads. I know. In, how can anybody who has declared with the most extraordinary showbiz mayor culpa I've ever seen, and I suspect you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, exactly right. He, uh, he's he's taken he's taken the full blame for it. Yeah. I lied to everybody, and uh, and I know from you know from talking to folk inside this just how shocked that they were uh, about this revelation, which obviously was on a Friday at the sort of four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. The only reason doing that because you know, the truck was coming um, but you know if you are someone who has lost the trust of everybody putting out a statement like that just keeps the story running yes. and everybody is descending on it saying well of course you're going to say that of course you're going to say that and of course he does say that because he's he's it's like it's akin to looking for a for a for a gas leak with yeah. a lit match but I've, I've been involved, as you have, in this business, this game, whatever you want to call it, for a long time. And there's definitely a period where when somebody important leaves a job that they thought was very important, it takes them a while to get to terms with it, doesn't it? And they go through various different stages of, you know, sort of grief, anger, blame. You know, he's currently right at the beginning of it. So we, there's more to come from him. But you're right. I was driving. I was stuck in a traffic jam trying to get to Sussex on Friday afternoon when I finally got there. Had a look at the, the old uh, the news feed, and there it was. The, as you say, the biggest mea culpa I think I've ever seen, where he told everybody that he'd lied to everybody. Um, but the first thought I had there was that he's trying to give them a way out. Because, you know, we're asking the question this morning, is it actually even conceivable that all of these people who say, oh, he lied to us, didn't know? 
It's incredibly difficult to believe. We've got pictures of them together, uh, these guys going in and out of the Ivy restaurant, pictures of them at ITV, pictures of him by Schofield's side at all times since about 2018, working as his close personal assistant. You know the business we're in. You know how close people are. You know how television people are. Loads of people must have known. It's, it's, I, I just can't believe. And when we see Dr. Ranj Singh also joining in yesterday and saying, well, I went to the top of ITV to tell them about this toxic culture of bullying, this toxic culture of harassment. Um, uh, he was then himself kind of cancelled. Look, I mean, look, when people leave a programme, you know, they, there's always sour grapes. So, I'm, I, you know, of course, people are leaping on the back of this, um, you know, crisis to, you know, get some uh, clickbait for, the, for themselves. That's not surprising. Ever there shall be thus. Mm. Uh, going back to your point, which was about, you know, separation and grief. Look, this guy's had a, a very illustrious career. Um, he's been on the program, you know, uh, you know, for, for thirty years. Uh, leaving it behind, you leave your purpose. You've got a sword legacy. Um, you've got to come to terms with that because this is all about ego. This is about where you are one of the most important people in television, and people pump up your ego. Mm. Executives, agents tell you they're the most wonderful person in the world. Nobody, nobody gives you sort of the hard truths. No one is a critical friend. You, you fire people. Who you yeah, but them. some people got the hard truth. This is why ITV are now in the firing line, because it's not any longer just about Philip Schofield. I'm sure he will help with their demise, whether inadvertently or not. But, you know, Piers Morgan was told a hard truth. He was told he had to leave or apologise. Basically, he had to leave because Carolyn uh, McCall had had a phone call from Meghan Markle, says Piers, um, and he accused her of lying over the weekend. And he was not given um, a free chance to stay. And neither was Jeremy Clarkson. Uh, you know, and neither was Jeremy Kyle, you know, and all of these people were kicked out. And you have to draw the conclusion that, you know, they weren't, you know, the flavour of the month politically. That's why they were they were gone. Meanwhile, Philip Schofield was protected. Ant McPartner was protected after he drove a car drunkenly into another car, could have killed somebody, you know. And we haven't even started talking about David Williams and Caroline Flack. Well, look, I mean, bottom line is it all comes down to the power of your agent. Yeah. You know, I think that most of the people you named you know, didn't have a very, very powerful agent, which Holly Willoughby, Anton Deck, and, and the rest of them being represented by this group of people. So, Well, they um, all went the same agent, didn't they? Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> the point is that they've, they've got a very powerful agent. Some of the other people involved... Look, people... Could, you know, television has a remarkable power to respawn, um, but they're not going to be able to respawn while this chaos is still continuing, mm. and it hasn't abated. I must admit, I am very surprised... ITV, I mean, I watched this morning, you know, uh, this morning. And how was know, it? It was quite interesting because they, they, they sort of addressed it. Yeah. Um, they were trying to make it joking, carried on business as normal because that's what they've got to do. Yeah. They've but got they can't, though. On. But this is the problem. It's too far gone now. I mean, they tried that with Alison Hammond last week when they went on and on about Philip Schofield, the greatest uh, live broadcaster the world has ever known. And I sort of said afterwards on Plank of the Week, and of course, that's why he's gone. Uh, because he's so brilliant. You know, this morning, he says it's all about a handful of people with a grudge against him. Who do you think he means by that? Well, I think we know. Do you want to name them? I mean, you know... Well, no, I'm not Ed sure. 
Who does he think? You know, Ranch Singh. I mean, there's a whole pile of people who, who feel, peers himself, who feel hard done by mm. in, in varying degrees. Look, the fact of the matter is that people can go on if they're good and, you know, sort of manage and get better breaks. I mean, you could argue Piers has done a lot better than getting up. Well, Piers Morgan tweeted yesterday that he's not at all bitter about leaving ITV, but he's also going to tell the truth about how it happened and what happened and how Carolyn McCall uh, was singularly responsible for, for, for making that decision. And it would appear that she is singularly also responsible for halving the share price of ITV uh, and for the state they're in this morning where Arnold Clark, the motor dealer, is saying we're not going to renew our sponsorship. That starts to get expensive for them. Look, I mean, he, I think the Arnold Clark deal was coming to an end in any case. It's bad timing, but they, you know, they clearly... Instead with your enough. finest PR hat on. Well a lot done. of people will. A, a lot of people <laughs> have enough. And listen, Carolyn Cole sits at the top of the tree. She is the most senior head. She has to be responsible to shareholders. Yeah. She has to belong to analysts and whatever. It's very, very uncomfortable for her. And I think... That, well, so it should be. And it's not going to be junior heads that roll on if, if, if it does. Um, this... I don't. The problem, Mike, is this story hasn't finished. Yes. Um, I, 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 I suspect, and I don't know because I'm reacting to you know the gossip of the rumor mill, which a lot of people have driven by, you know, um, social media, particularly um, tw Twitter. Yes. If you go on to TikTok, which is completely libelous in terms of his accusations that is purporting to be very difficult for a big channel like this. And in some ways, it's very reminiscent of the royal family dealing with, you know, the Harry and Meghan thing. Yeah. You know, they're, they're trying to say as little as possible. And I guess that's what you've got to do because there could be some serious legal implications mm. down the track if this thing does not diminish. Yes. Um, well, it's hey, very interesting, it's not, isn't it, watching... It's very interesting, though, watching who's saying what and who's saying nothing. I mean, Holly Willoughby has only issued one statement, uh, which is that she was very disappointed to find out that Philip lied to her. Um, she's now off for an extended period of half-term, which could last until Christmas, as far as I know. Um, we've now got people like Adil Ray, who literally tweets about the opening of a can of beans, who hasn't tweeted anything about ITV at all, uh, and has only tweeted once in the last nine days about Aston Villa going into Europe. And you start going, there's a lot of people twitching over this, and this is going to be great fun to watch. But for the people of Britain, they deserve to have a decent commercial broadcaster surely uh, that is not run by complete and utter sort of cover up and maniac Look, I mean, um, you know, for many Villa fans, that's probably the best news they've heard in years, so I can imagine how <laughs> Don't worry, you won't, be in there, you won't be there for long <laughs> uh, No, true but the, uh, the 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 the, bo the bottom line for this is that it's not going away and there's more being stirred up and I guess there's a three-line whip on everybody to stay stum. Yeah. Um, they'll need to have a clear week away from this to really gather their thoughts. I have a huge amount of empathy for Alison Hammond and Dermot O'Leary. I mean, paid extremely well, but they've got to broadcast through this chaos, which isn't very easy. Well, presumably their agents, in true, in true TV showbiz style, solidarity with my brothers and all that, their agents will be on the phone to, to ITV at this very moment saying they're under an awful lot of strain and pressure and they need more money. Well, I think that's true, but I think let's just for a second, Mike, focus on the human cost of this oh. and people have been dragged, dragged into this. Um, the family of Schofield, the friends of Schofield, you know, uh, you know. Well, who how about the human? 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How about the human cost to Caroline Flack? You know, what about the human cost to anyone that they haven't looked after properly? What about the human cost to the kid uh, that Aunt McPartland drove into? You know, what about that? They didn't seem to care about that. Well, the human cost of the people that David Walliams was uh, was serving up. Well, you know, there's there, there's degrees, yes. I mean, it's a very complex world to be a broadcaster, particularly when you're responsible to shareholders. Um, you know, if it was if it was the PPC, can you imagine the chaos here? I think that there's, you know, if you look on one of the streaming channels at the moment, you'll find a very good um, program, a drama about what happens on a breakfast show, you know, um, called The Morning Show. Yeah, uh, that is, is fantastic. Is I've seen it. And, and maybe... Maybe, just maybe, you know, fiction and uh, facts will meld into one because we're fascinated by this. Mm. This is opera. This is not a, it's not a soap opera. It is a grand scale opera that will be sitting, you know, at one of the great opera houses around the world. Yeah. And uh, we'll be looking back at this. But, you know, if we think of the chaos that they had through Qgate and, you know, how latterly it came out, how many other journalists had jumped the queue, uh, we look at the sort of chaos at Sony Saxgates with Jonathan Ross. He's now yeah, but other journalists had jumped the queue weren't the issue. Holly and Phil are not journalists by their own admission. They're presenters of a morning softly, softly, soft shoe shuffle show where everybody makes nice cookies and pretends they're all friends and there's never a terrible bad word said about anybody. But when the cameras stop rolling, it ain't like that, I'm afraid. That's why they suffered there. But how about this, right? Um, one of the things that will be the case for Holly Willoughby, Holly Willoughby, this is from a, a Twitter, uh, Twitterer to me, Angela, Holly's picture has been removed in a Marks and Spencer's Camberley adjacent to her dress range. Last week there was a huge picture of her. Look, the, the pressure now focuses on Holly. She's got a bit of a uh, bit of grace at the moment. She's uh, supposedly, you know, looking after her kids at half term. Um, if that's truth, I mean, that's fine. But she's got to come back to this at some time, and that is where the intensity pitches and pivots. 
um, the scrutiny is on the show all the time. Mm. And, and that's the chaos that they're swirling around in at the moment. And while the newspapers and, 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 and people like you and I are having, you know, uh, the ability to debate this, you know, they've got to sort of plow through this and it's more and more difficult mm. for them. But, you know, let, let's see. Let, let's see how well ITV can manage this crisis. Uh, let's see who has to fall. Let's see who can actually stay. Um, maybe um, there's going to be a whole host of sort of lawyers um, being employed mm. with sort of libel yeah. um, being people. So people better be very careful what they say. And if you've got a contract, you've got a big agent and you're a big corporation, you can't fire people for rumours and tittle-tattle. And if, if people face up to the bosses and say, no, there's absolutely no truth in this. This is all absolute yeah. rubbish. And nepotism, Nepo babies are all over the place. Yeah, but they didn't, uh, even in, they didn't even interview or ask any questions to the guy concerned. That's the other problem. You know, they haven't well, done, I mean, no, they haven't done what you might call a rigorous uh, search of the information. They basically asked somebody, he said it's not true, and they've gone with that. Well, if it wasn't as, as thorough, then they're going to get caught out by this. If, you know, the, 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 the sins of the past are going to catch up with them. Yeah. I know at the moment they're having a lot of problems because they're denying loads of things as factual to newspapers and newspapers aren't believing them and running the stories mm. accordingly, which is, which is a really bad place for an organisation to be where you don't have the relationship with senior people in, in, the, in media world to sort of trust you. And while the trust is gone, the stories will just, you know, just multiply. And rumours and gossip will then pick up speed and it becomes an ongoing sort of perfect storm. Yeah, I think Schofield this morning has opened up a giant can of worms and we're going to That's see it. Big, and I'm going big, to, big. we're going to see it. So I think we might have to have you on again before the end of the week because there's going to be some stuff flying around. I nearly said a bad word there. Listen, uh, great to talk to you. Thank you, Mark Bukowski there, a PR guru. This is a massive storm. And I know there are still some of you out there who think this is not a big story. Some of you out there still think this is not a big deal. Let me tell you, it's a massive deal because it's all about trust in the media. It's all about how the media represents you and how they present things to you. Because at the end of the day, if you have an organisation that's gone woke, they ain't telling the truth. They're telling you what they want their truth to be and they want your truth to be. And that's why this is important. This is Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. Susan Hall coming up very shortly. Also, we're going to be showing you an amazing clip uh, that we've found from Sweden of how they deal uh, with the old uh, eco-nutters, the eco-zealots who were trying to uh, get, in, get themselves involved in a particular TV production as well. But let me just read you once more because I think you have to pause and take a bit of a deep breath when you read this. This from, of course, Eamon Holmes, former... Um, ITV presenter, Schofield has just put out a delusional statement. Like Holly, and he means Holly Willoughby, he puts it on Insta Stories, so if it all goes wrong, there is no record after 24 hours. I presume he means by that that it will disappear. Uh, I'm reluctant to give the liar, that's Philip Schofield, any more publicity, but believe me, Pip, if you are looking for a fight, you have picked on the wrong person. Blimey. Goodness gracious me. That's the happy family that is ITV, ladies and gentlemen, as they keep telling us. We'll try and bring you a clip from uh, the show this morning because if I find it amazingly hard to believe that they've even had the cojones to do it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Let's talk to uh, Susan Hall and get a little bit of common sense on the show because she is, of course, chair of the Police and Crime Committee in London uh, at the Assembly and also she's now a mayoral candidate uh, going up against the dreaded Sadiq Khan. Susan, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm very well. It's hard to take your eyes off this ITV car crash. It's better than anything they've ever produced for television, isn't it? 
always getting ridiculous isn't it i mean if people want to watch it fine but you know you get a bit bored with all these stars throwing the toys out the pram don't you i mean there are many many more important things going on and of course we're going to talk about them here just one in 12 violent muggings resulted in charges in 2022 uh, the police today saying that they're no longer going to be going out and investigating um, people with mental health problems, which, which, hard as it may sound, I think actually is probably the right decision because they're clearly having loads of their time taken up um, by dealing with things that are not really their responsibility. Oh, 100%. And this has been going on for quite some time. Um, I was with some police officers in uh, a hospital once with somebody that was suffering from uh, a mental illness. And I waited with them for a while and they said this could take hours and hours and hours. And I believe now it could take up to 14 hours to hand over um, somebody to the medical uh, authorities. Mm. We need our police on the streets. We need our police in the response cars driving around, especially at night time. People do not feel safe. Uh, you don't often see police cars driving around at night. Often they're they're stuck in hospitals. They're doing other things. It, so Mark Growley is, is quite right here. He really is. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully that will free up police to do more of the proper sorts of work that they need to do. Because a lot of the muggies, I mean, my son was up in London, my 18-year-old, going to a, a sort of festival on Saturday, staying over with his mate. And I said, to, I found myself saying to him, look, you know, and I know that you might have said this years ago, but I said, look, don't put, take your phone out on the street. Just be really aware of what's going on. If people are around you on bikes or scooters, just be very careful. They're very good at just nicking stuff. And I'm afraid that that's what London's like now. Well, it is. And if you're a female, I mean, we carry our, our keys in between our fingers yeah. so that we you know, hit somebody if they come up from behind you. When you talk to young girls that are out um, clubbing at night, if there's any clubs open, because London now, I'm afraid, under Khan, um, seems to be closed after 10 o'clock at night. But they, they said they don't feel safe at all. We've really got to sort this out. Yeah. For our capital city, it's in such a mess. And it's because Khan is just letting everything go from every direction. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying very hard to think of anything. I'm not sure why, but I'm trying to think of anything that Sadiq Khan has improved since he's been mayor of London. I can't think of anything, can you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I've been asked this before. I mean, and... even his, have you seen his book? We've got a copy of his book here. And I don't know if there was a bad... Um, a bad print run or something, but ours is all out, the pages are all out of sync. You know, it's like when you're looking at it, it looks as if you've not wearing the right glasses. Are they really? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sincerely hoping that somebody in our office will take it for the team and read the read it and yeah. just tell us. That, I'm know. taking it down to my house in Sussex for kindling because it's not as warm at the moment as it used to be. So I'm just going to set fire to it in the old uh, wood burner. <laughs> He seems to be spending so much time um, promoting this book. I wish he'd spend more time looking at the problems in London. And policing is certainly one of them, as as we've just alluded to. Yes, exactly. Pay more in, interest in his day job, quite frankly. Right. And so you are now joining the fray. You've announced your uh, mayoral candidacy. And one of the things that you're going to be standing on, obviously, is, is uh, you're against the expansion of the ULES zone. Tell us why. Oh, you only have to talk to residents. You only have to listen to people. Nobody wants it in the outer London zone. Um, and if for people that say it's not going to affect them, I'm very sorry, but it will because we'll, we've got so many trades people that live outside London that spans aren't compliant and they'll just go and find work outside London. They won't come into London, which will cost every one of us more. 
bringing goods into London will cost more. Yeah. And, and for people that just cannot afford it, it's nothing but a, a tax grab yeah. quite quickly. And, yeah. and it's like the poorest the most, which is just disgraceful. So if I am lucky enough to become mayor, it would be stopped on day one. Yeah. And of course, he's also said very little, hasn't he, about the fact that a high court has now questioned um, his reasoning and his reasons for expanding it on the basis of saying that it might actually be unlawful what he's done. We don't have the final result on that yet, but there's going to be a court hearing, I think, later on in June where it will be decided if, in fact, it is unlawful. And if it is unlawful, I think we're going to have, for the first time, I mean, you know what the Labour Party are like, they're always crying uh, about Tories getting, uh, you know, criminally, you know, uh, convicted of things. You know, I think somebody should press charges against him if it turns out that he was unlawful. Well, I asked him just last week what he was going to do, what his plan B was if the court said it was unlawful, and he hasn't got a plan B. Mm. He just said, no, we don't assume we'll lose. Well, that's ridiculous. Well, it is start. ridiculous. And I mean, also, um, you know, TFL, I, I happen to, oh, you were talking about lack of police officers. I happen to see, uh, because I drive by that way in the mornings at Rotherhithe Tunnel, I think it was last week or the week before, I saw a police, two police cars and three police officers standing on a little island between the two lanes going in and out. And I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. I wonder if they're looking for, you know, some miscreant murderer or something. And then I saw that they were sort of TFL environmental police who are apparently employed by Sadiq Khan, and they were there basically checking registration numbers to see whether um, people might not be compliant with the pollution laws. Oh, for goodness and sake. Think, I mean, he, what? You know what? He really needs to get his priorities right. Mm. He's in charge of the police. He's a police and crime commissioner. We all know the issues the police have got, and that's really got to be sorted. We need to look at housing. I wrote an article for the uh, Telegraph yesterday. It's absolutely vital that we sort out more housing. Young people have got no hope at the moment of buying their own home. Their rents are sky high, and we're lo losing loads of loads of hundreds and hundreds of young people mm. from London doesn't do a city any good at all um and as for tfl or these ltns that are causing nothing but trouble mm. the extended ulez which is frightening especially the poorest in our society he should concentrate on these things before right. he concentrates on well, anything he's, of course he's saying it's boris johnson's fault all these low traffic neighborhoods were put in well i don't think so because i think there's a lot more of them now than there were well that's certainly that a lot came in uh during covid and they're the ones that need to come straight out well, exactly right. So, I mean, how hopeful are you? There's a few Tory candidates knocking around. Um, uh, and, and we, we spoke to um, Mr Tully the other day, Mr Scully the other day, I should say, Paul Scully. Uh, he's running as well. Um, are you going to have a sort of runoff? How's that going to work? Uh, well, there'll, there'll be a, a, a proper format for us talking to the members and then we'll see. Mm. Uh, all the other members, are ex all the other people putting in are extremely good. Um, I'll just take my chances and see how I do. It does feel a bit different this time around, though, doesn't it? Because I, I, I sense that many more people are unhappy with Sadiq Khan than there were a few years ago. Well, and so they should be. Just look at the mess he's making of London. I mean, my pitch will be for some common sense uh, approach to everything. We've got to sort out police. You know, first of all, we have to stop the ULES extension from day one. Uh, then we have to really get a grip on, on policing in London. We have to hurry up house building and build better i mean shoving up loads and loads of uh, high rises is not where anybody wants to live we want to be putting in a much better form of of 
property, even if it's high density, but people, if they can have their own front door and a tiny, tiny little garden, it makes life so much nicer for so many families. We must encourage families. All he's building is one and two bedroom flats. Right. Encourage people to put down roots, um, live there with their families and, and create a, a whole neighbourhood, which is what... Well, the other we problem should... with London is that it's become a sort of um, a city of of extremes, hasn't it? It's become people who kind of service the very rich and the very rich, the middle class people have kind of started to move away in such numbers that there are schools closing down. You know, as you say, there are neighbourhoods which are not really flourishing. There are lots of big, expensive apartments. I mean, someone told me the other day that the Shard has got four penthouses in it. They all cost about 40 million quid and only one of them is actually occupied. And you think, well, who's building this rubbish and who, you know, and who's and who's buying it? Well, we need to look at the London plan and that's for whoever comes in as mayor. I sincerely hope that Sadiq Khan does not get back. And whichever one of us from the Conservatives, I hope, obviously, we take over as mayor. And I will hope it is me because mm. I have such good plans for our great city. Yes. Also, about time you had a woman, I think. Absolutely. Well, the right at least, woman. At least a, I am that right a woman. woman. A, a, a right with the right woman and also a woman who knows what a woman is, presumably. <laughs> Absolutely, and I assure you I do. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Susan, thank you very much indeed. Knows. <laughs> yeah, no, I will. Susan Hall, uh, chair of the Police and Crime Committee at the London Assembly and a candidate uh, for Mayor of London to go up against Sadiq Khan. Somebody's got to take him, haven't they? Somebody surely will. This is Talk TV. Edgy talk, plain talk, unrivaled talk. Mike Graham, the only radio show you can count on for a proper serving of good old-fashioned common sense. In search of the perfect debate. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On your mobile, on your wavelengths, talk radio and talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. Coming up this afternoon, we will be doing a great many things, taking more of your calls, of course. Many of you have got plenty to say about what's going on at ITV. Uh, we've had a really explosive morning where uh, both uh, Philip Schofield and Eamon Holmes have both uh, put messages out on social media. Uh, basically, um, uh, Philip Schofield more or less accusing people who have grudges against him of somehow being the reason why he's getting so much flack maintaining that there is no toxic atmosphere at ITVs this morning, even though he's still uh, no longer working there. Uh, Eamon Holmes basically calls him a liar, uh, says if you're picking a fight with me, uh, you're in the right place. That's what, exactly what you will get. Uh, this morning, meanwhile, goes on uh, without uh, either of those men. Um, and we'll bring you news on that all throughout the day here, because there's an awful lot of pressure now being brought to bear on the board. Uh, Caroline McCall, uh, Dame Caroline McCall, no less, the head chief seat. Uh, CEO of uh, the ITV network uh, coming under increasing pressure to answer some questions about what she knew and when she knew it. At the moment, we're supposed to believe uh, that uh, Philip Schofield managed to con everybody into believing that he wasn't having a relationship with a younger um, employee, a young runner, uh, as it were, because apparently he just told them all a tissue of lies and they all believed it. But the uh, individual concerned, who we're not naming at the moment uh, because of his privacy, at the moment is the basic situation that uh, he says he wasn't even interviewed by ITV at all. So it's a very toxic situation and it's a very strange situation. We'll talk to Emily Webber from The Sun coming up a little bit later on in the show. Right now, though, I'm delighted to say Charlotte Nichols MP is here, Labour MP for Warrington North. Charlotte, a very good uh, afternoon to you. Welcome to the show. 
Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Not at all. We'll, we'll have to tell them why you're here. Um, basically, yesterday, uh, was it yesterday or the night before? Um, she, you, put out, you put out a tweet. You'd been to uh, a big festival at the weekend uh, up in Warrington. And Charlotte, who's uh, a Labour MP, put out a tweet with a nice picture of lots of people enjoying themselves in which it said, big chance of F the Tories. I can't say the word, obviously, that would be wrong. For Jamie Webster at uh, the weekend of festival. I can't lie. I absolutely love to see it. Love you, Warrington. Now, I said to you on Twitter, don't you think that's not very classy or worse to that effect? And you had a bit of a go back, which was fair enough. But I said, well, come on the show then and talk to me. The reason I wanted to, to have you on, to be honest, Charlotte, is that you've talked a lot in the past about the toxicity of social media and how unfortunate things that are said on the Internet can lead to problems in real life. And I thought to myself, well, hang on a minute. This is a bit of a hypocritical tweet to put out, isn't it? I don't think it is, because the sorts of things that I'm talking about are some of the conspiracy theories around vaccines, misinformation that's put out about various people. It's those sorts of things that I'm talking about. I don't think a generic chant about a political party is part of that kind of toxicity. And I don't think that it can be considered an incite to violence. But don't you think that if you go around saying things like F the Tories, that that will encourage people to hate the Tories and hate people who are Tories instead of thinking about what it is that that person is and what that person believes in? Because surely you wouldn't say that you want to, uh, you know, say F anybody who you don't agree with. Well, again, I think you have to consider why people in Warrington are chanting that at the moment. And it's probably something to do with the new hospital we're now not getting the sewage that's oh, being Oh, come pumped. on. No, it isn't. It's, some, it's everything to do with the fact they're young people at a, at a pop concert. I would expect them to chant it. I'm not having a go at them. I'm having a go at you for endorsing it. I'm saying, of course they're going to chant that. It's a bit like when you go to Glastonbury and they're all singing for Jeremy Corbyn. You know, they're all champagne socialists. They've all got loads of money and they don't really understand the difference between tax and no tax. But at the end of the day, I would expect somebody in your position to be a bit more responsible. Well, as I said, I'm not singing it. I was reporting the fact that it was being sung. But you're applauding it, though. I love the fact that people are blaming who is responsible for their problems rather than scapegoating people that aren't responsible, which the government's been trying to get them to do. But you've said, I've had someone come to my office with a knife before, I've had physical violence against me, and then she says a lot of that has been whipped up by things that have been said online. Don't you think that's what you've just done? No, it has been whipped up by things that have been said online, including all sorts of grand conspiracy theories that I'm apparently part of as a Jewish member of parliament. That's a very different matter from people doing generic chanting about a political party who are in government and who have given people every reason to hate them, frankly. So you think people should hate the Tories then? I think people should hate the government, yeah. Really? See, I find that an extraordinary position for a democratic politician to have. You also said this. I think ultimately that in all of us in some form of public life, whether it's in the council chamber or the chamber in Westminster, need to be modelling a good kind of debate that is based on policies and not personal attacks. Again, show me that. How is that in any way um, equal to what you've endorsed? Again, show me where it's a personal attack on anyone. It's well, a you're, generic... basically, you're basically encouraging people to hate the Tories. You just said it. You just said people should hate the Tories. They should hate the government because of what the government's been doing. Well, should doing they hate Tories? Well, all right. Should they hate Tories then? Pardon? Should they hate Tories? They don't hate individual people, but they should hate the party, what the party stands so for. They should, what... Well, should they? No, it's a simple question. Should they hate Tories? I literally have just answered your simple question. You've said they should hate the government. Yes. So they should the hate. So, so should they? The should they hate the people in? Should they? Well, so should they hate the people in government? 
Well, I think they should hate the party, what it stands for and what it's doing, yes. So that means you should hate the people that vote for it, presumably? No, of course not. So you shouldn't hate Tories, then? You shouldn't hate individual people. So, and as I said... So, so, so you say... So, so, so if somebody... So if I said you should hate all people um, associated with the Labour Party, but not the actual people, how does that work? You'd be entitled to say that you hate the Labour Party. I think a lot of people... I don't hate the Labour Party, though, so I wouldn't say it. And if I was a politician, I, don't, I, th I would have even less reason to say it. But again, this is all this sort of bizarre pearl clutching, acting like it's a personal attack on anyone. It is an, a saying that a political party, people hate them, and they hate them for what they're doing at the but moment. But it's not rational to hate a political party, is it? Do you think that's rational? Do you think that it's not rational to yeah, of hate course. A of course it's right. Well, first of all, I don't hate anybody or anything. And I think it's very irrational to encourage people um, to hate individuals or to hate organisations. Right. It's a ridiculous you notion. Like, you act like I was leading this chanting. They would be doing it with well, or without there, with or without my. No, tweet. but you're endorsing it, though, and you're a, a, a democratically elected MP for the Labour Party. I mean, have, has the Labour Party said anything to you about it? No, of course not. So they're, indul so they're endorsing you saying hating the Tories is a good thing. They're not endorsing anything, and neither am I. Isn't it, isn't, it, isn't it hate speech to say that you hate the Tories? Well, isn't it hate speech to say you hate the Tories? You hate them at the moment because of what they've done to our community and to our country over the last... And what is it years. that you think the Tories have done that they should be hated for? Why, why can you not just disagree with what they've done? Why do you have to hate them? What's, what's wrong with you? As I said, in Warrington, we've now not getting a new hospital. We've got sewage getting pumped into the river. We've got our food banks that are absolutely cannot cope with the demand on them at the moment. All of those things are as a result of actions of this government over the last 13 years. That's just three things. People in Warrington have a totally understandable and legitimate right to hate the Tories. Well, they don't they all want. hate the Tories, do they? Well, clearly some of them do because that's some of what them might. Well, some of them might, but they're also at a, a. Again, you're missing my point spectacularly. I've I've got no problem with with young people chanting either at a football match or at a pop concert, and you would expect them to not be very fond of the Tories because they're young, and when they grow up, they'll vote Tory, and you'll be continually out of I office as you have been for the last thirteen years. But the point the point is this: that you know. Um, you, as an elected representative and somebody who has spoken out about the dangers of abuse online, shouldn't be encouraging it. Again, you're conflating abuse of individual politicians and personal Not at all. individual people. No, if you encourage people... No, all right, all right, let's, let's turn it around then. Let's say yeah. people said to you, um, I hate Jews, but I don't hate you. How would you feel about that? Honestly trying to say that... F the Tories is in any way comparable to anti-Semitism. No, I'm saying that you're attacking a group of people, right? And I'm saying that you're, uh, as a Jewish individual, just a member of a group of people. But if somebody said, I hate Jews, you would make that hate speech, wouldn't you? It would be hate right. speech. But so why is I hate Tories? So why is... Not, hang on. Tory is not yeah. a protected characteristic. Well, why is I hate Tories OK and I hate Jews not OK? Because the Tories are in government and have given okay. people reason to hate them with their policies over the last. I think that's. Years. I think that's a lunatic um, assessment of the reality of, of the world, and it's no wonder that people go around abusing Tory MPs and abusing Labour MPs because you are encouraging that uh, environment. 
I'm absolutely not encouraging You should that be saying to people that you should not hate out. individual MPs and you should not hate groups of people, surely. I have called out individual attacks on politicians from right across the political But why do you think, if you say it's all right to hate Tories, why do you think Tories get a lot of hate? I th <laughs> you're trying to act like I'm responsible for this. Well, you're contributing to it. Pearl so aren't you aren't you sorry it's nothing to do with pearl clutching you are uh, uh, the problem in the labor party amongst many other people in the labor party because you encourage people to hate somebody that you disagree with and i think hate is a very dangerous thing and when you start encouraging people to hate things i'm afraid it never ends in a good place this is honestly there was much more offensive things being chanted about leads at the festival it's something that is less offensive than anything that you'd hear on any football terrace, in any rugby league stadium. And the fact that... Yeah, but you you're know, an MP and you've endorsed it. By it. It's just utterly bizarre. Well, you think it's bizarre because you're so removed from reality. I'm, I'm the one that's removed from reality. Yeah, you are. You are, well, actually. Have you looked at some of the comments underneath... The well, maybe you should have a look at the comments underneath your tweet. Comments from people that don't live in the community that I represent, like yourselves. I don't, I don't have, I, I don't, I don't have names and addresses. But there's forty percent of people who voted Tory in your in your area, aren't there? And I've spoken to a lot of them since the election who won't be doing so again. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think you'd be right to characterise them as people who hate the Tories, would you? Well, if they voted Tory at the last election and are now not voting Tory, some of those are the people that hate the Tories no. the most. You see, again, you think that by changing your vote, you must hate somebody. Why do you have to bring hate into it? I don't understand that. That's what I'm getting told on the door. Oh, really? He's Conservative last time, who now won't be because of party Yeah, well, lots of people change their vote. It doesn't mean they hate the other party. Well, if they've told me that they do... Then well, I've only got your word for that, haven't I? And since you've already said that you're against online abuse and yet you're now promulgating it, um, I'm not sure I believe anything you say. I'm hardly promulgating online abuse. It's well, you are. You've tweeted out to your many followers, right, it's that it's OK to hate the story. 26,500 followers you've got. You've mm. told them it's all right to hate the Tories. I think it is all right to hate the government. Yes, I don't think that's a bizarre position to hold. So, for someone well, I think it's a very bizarre position to hold for somebody who is in uh, the House of Commons and they share it. Would you say, for example, in front of the Speaker of the House, I hate the government? Would you say that in the chamber? Would you? I mean, probably not. But why not? not really why wouldn't, why wouldn't you, would why wouldn't you say it? it? Why wouldn't you say it in the House of Commons chamber? Well, it's just not the sorts of things that I'm discussing when I'm in there. But what, I've got no issue with it as a statement. Would you, would you not say it because you might be thrown out for saying it? I don't think you would be thrown out. I think you would. Why don't I you try don't, it? Why don't you try it next time? Why don't you try it next time at Prime Minister's Questions? Stand up and say to Rishi Sunak, I hate your government. See how you go. Well, perhaps I will. But if I'm going to be getting a question at Prime Minister's Questions, I think I'd have more important things to ask them than that. Would you? Like what? Well, I've been campaigning at the moment around PTSD treatment. I've been campaigning at the moment around our new hospital. I've got plenty of other things that I would like to speak to them about first before doing some sort of experiment on your behalf. OK, it's not an experiment on my behalf. Um, you, are, you are basically um, an elected representative of all of the constituents of, of Warrington, where you are. And you represent everyone. So you would be entirely wrong to say that all the people you represent hate the Tories because they don't. 
But a lot of the people that I speak to do, and that's why they were chanting it at the festival. As I said, I'm merely reporting what the mood was on right. the day. I've got a tweet here that you sent out about Suella Braverman, uh, director at the Home Office, in which you say, F her and F you. Do you think that's conduct becoming an MP? I mean, given the fact that she was trash-talking a Holocaust survivor who asked her to moderate her language about refugees, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with You're that. You're comfortable with that, OK. Can you tell me what a woman is, just to finish up the entire pack of oh, cards? This is the can thing. We, we all know. What's a, what, can you define a woman for me, please, Charlotte? This is exactly what I was referring to. People in Warrington were chanting, F the Tories, because they have correctly identified the Conservatives being the problem in this country, not refugees or trans people or any of the other people that the government and outfits like yourselves are trying to get them to demonise and scapegoat. I've just asked you what a woman is. What are you giving me a speech for? What's a woman? What? <laughs> this is just, it's a ridiculous question. We is all it? know what a woman is. A woman is a female. A female? Yeah. Why does Kill Starmer think some females have penises? Because the Equality Act says that they can. So you but think a, so you think a woman can have a penis? Legally, since two thousand and ten, yes, they can. Oh right, so before two thousand and ten, they couldn't. Well, before two thousand and ten, it wasn't enshrined in law that they could, but the Equality Act says that they can. So whether you think that's morally right or wrong, legally, yes, they can and have been able to since two thousand and ten. Right. Well, hate speech didn't used to be a thing either, but it is now, and you are seemingly a proponent of it. You swear at people on Twitter. You swear at people on Twitter. You encourage people to hate a political organisation, right? I, I don't understand what exactly you don't understand about that. Pearl clutching, Mike. You keep, talk, you keep talking. I don't even know what pearl clutching is. I don't have any pearls. I'm not clutching anything. Pretending to be offended, Mike. That's I'm not pretending is. to be offended. I'm saying you're irresponsibly encouraging people to hate a political organisation. I think that's wrong, and I think it's against all of the tenets of democracy. And I think you actually know that, but you're just trying to impress, you're just trying to impress your sort of loony lefty followers, aren't you? No, I'm just trying to come on here and have a discussion with you. Well, that's what we're having. Well, why do you yeah. keep telling me I'm clutching my pearls? Because you are clutching I'm your not pearls. wearing any pearls. I don't have any pearls. I'm not clutching anything. It's a metaphor, mate. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, maybe what you should do about metaphors is learn about how you're supposed to conduct yourself because you're not conducting yourself as a parliamentarian ought to. And I think if you think you are, you are you've lost the plot. And the fact that you say you wouldn't say it in the Houses of Parliament proves to me that you're just grandstanding and making just out that things to discuss in there, Mike. Just as I think we've both probably got. So what? So so you don't think the part? You don't think the parliamentary chamber is the place to tell the parliament that you hate the government? You don't think that's the place? The government literally worked there. But I would tell them all the things that they've done wrong, which is what I've been doing for but the you, last but, but, Well, yeah, but so why say you hate them then? I mean, I do hate what they're doing to No, you said country. you hated the government. Are you going to change it now? I hate the Tories, yes. You hate, hate the, the Tories. The Finally, we get there. So you hate people who vote Tory. You hate people who are Tory. You hate Tories. I hate the political party. I hate the ideology. I hate what it's done to yeah. our community and our country. And you don't and think, and you don't think that that is in any way encouraging violence against Tory MPs, do you? No, I don't. And I think it's pathetic that you're trying to claim that it is. Well, I think you're terribly, terribly hypocritical. But thank you for coming on and trying to explain it. And good luck um, next time you meet a woman. This is Talk TV.
Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.